everyone, this is Myra. This is Paula. And this is Martha. And we are your hosts. We are here to help you level up with topics on self-awareness, confidence, and self-acceptance. So grab whatever you would like to sip on and welcome to Sipping With Us. Okay, I'm going to start off with the cheers because I'm the only one drinking today. I know. I would drink, but... Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to, but I saw these in like the back of my fridge, so I'm Cheers. like, Cheers. uh, white bean crap. Oh, okay. I'm drinking some rose <laughs> babes. Um, they're the little canned drinks. If y'all ever had them, I mean, it's about to be summer. These are going to be probably one of my go-to drinks this summer. And is you it do- pretty good? Yeah, they're good. You do drink those a lot in the summer, right? Mm, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I drink a lot of rose in the summer. They're good for the pool. Like refreshing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um. I kind of, <laughs> it's funny because we, before we started recording, we were briefly talking about anxiety and I kind of feel like this is going to help me bring it down a little relax, bit today. Because, just because today's subject, like I do feel very passionate about it because I've been talking about it for so long, you know, like within our own conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like that self-development or self-realization of like, oh, wow, this is like impactful because I never realized this about myself or, or, or about others overall. But welcome back to another episode of Sipping With Us. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Midweek. Hump doing day. great. You know what we haven't done in a while? The, the rave and rant. rant. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. My rave for the week. I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. I am going out of town this weekend. Fun. So I'm super excited about Where it. Where are you going? California. Any special plans out there? Visit friends? Um, yeah, well, we're going to visit a friend that lives over there in L.A., but we are going to stay in uh, Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. Have you been there? I, think, I haven't I think been there. We went there. I think we went there last time I went. I so we're supposed to be staying there. So I'm excited. Just a little getaway. Just yeah. for the weekend. You come back when? Sunday? Monday. Monday. Oh, it's Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day. Memorial, okay. yeah. I, I thought I was going to rest this weekend, but I don't think we're it's going to happen. No. <laughs> we're not. Sunday, I want to do Sunday, Sunday in Dallas. Yeah, I think that. So I, I'll rest Friday. I was just messaging with my husband earlier today. I'm like, okay, Friday, we're not going to. Let's we just rest. Do, we can do game night at my house. And then Saturday's my dad. We're going to celebrate my rest. dad's first birthday. That's, and then, you're trying to party. You're, you're going to party. That's not partying. Game nights is not party. Guys, from now on, all we're going to talk about is what we the fun that we had over the weekend because it's getting close to summer. So that's basically what <laughs> yeah. we're going to be talking we're gonna about. We're going to be having fun all weekend. Yes. Well, let me just chill. I, I do that with my cousins all the time. Have you ever played mm-hmm. Love Center, right? Yes. It's fun. Right? You should play it with uh, either shots or with money. Yeah, we play with money. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> if it's at home, if it's at home, it does. It, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you're going out. Like yeah. you're still home. It's a night you know? in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a chill night in. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's amazing rave. What about you? Rave for, well, I had a market Sunday. That's always a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, rant. Um, not really. Not really rant. I don't really have rants. No. no. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have, two, I have two raves actually. Uh, I'm going to go to a Tiesto. I'm excited about that. I haven't gone to a concert in over a year. It's going to be a year and a half. Like a EDM. Yeah. EDM festival or rave. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Get back to dancing. Mm -hmm. Dancing is life. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, another rave. So Myra and I went to. Oh, my God. Well, we talked about on the last episode that we were going to have a class on Sunday. We spent all day together. I really enjoyed it. It was just me and my husband the whole day. 
we went to brunch, we went to a dance class, and then we went out too. So we went before the dance class. We had brunch and we were drinking mimosas. Tell me why when we were dancing, I was filling the damn mimosas. <laughs> I was gonna say, how many did you drink before going dancing? Like yeah, three. A couple. Well, I know they well, had more. I, so I got there, there. late. Mm-hmm. But they were strong. Mm-hmm. They were just splashing whatever, like pineapple or My orange. favorite type of mimosa. They were filling it up all the way and then just a splash. <laughs> like yeah. that meme that you just mm-hmm. spray it. So I saw you being like a, a guy dancing and I was like, oh man, I'm about to throw up. Because mm-hmm. like I just it felt it. It make you loose. No? But I mean, was, yeah, it but fun. it was a really, I liked, I enjoyed the dance class. I would do cool. it again. And then we went, um, we went back to her apartment, got ready and we went out to dinner. And d- a little bit of salsa dancing. So mm-hmm. that was fun. So yes, that was our rave for the week. But another rave for me would be that I really have been focusing on my mental health this week, given that we've been on that topic um, since this last episode that just came out this week. And we're actually going to continue it um, today. So it's still May. It's still um, mental health awareness Awareness month. So we are going to be recording about mental health and today's specific topic which I have been kind of talking about it and hinting about it on my Instagram is like on attachments. We kind of uh, touched it earlier. A little bit. Hinted on the last episode mm-hmm. towards the end. Which I'm glad that we're going to talk about this because I've honestly, I hadn't even, I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. The attachment styles. So it was fun learning what I thought I was, what my style was, you know. Are you wearing your, sorry, are you wearing your new makeup? Hmm? Are you wearing your new makeup? Yeah. Oh, okay. It looks tan, tanner. I know. Okay. Looks good. I got it. You're, you're summer ready. Yeah. yeah for summer. I'm okay. like, did you go tan or something? No. I was like, why? I'm going to do a self tan. Yeah. To match my. So, so that was just an observation. I know. I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I look tan. Yes. I'm getting my, my makeup ready for summer. Summer's coming. So it's, gonna, fa- it's been raining. <laughs> oh. It has been raining, but I don't mind it. So we're good. Um, but yes, back to the topic and the attachments. Um, I have kind of been talking about it for quite some time now. I feel like I'll bring it up in our conversations here and there and I'll post it on Instagram here and there. And like, But I think I just touched on it like just a little bit the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like we went into like detail about it. And I personally think like learning about your attachment styles and how to let go of attachments in life is a huge key to mental health like maintaining your like good mental health um so yeah we're gonna talk about it cheers to that cheers so i asked um i asked my when we were talking about like continuing the topic of mental health um obviously you know we have conversations about the topics we're going to talk about and i asked myra have you do you know what attachments are like have you ever looked into the topic of attachments and you did a little bit of homework. So what did mm-hmm. you discover? <laughs> that I, my attachment style, I feel that it's secure, but it's, it's interesting. Like how we were talking about it last night mm-hmm. is that when I was read, like I was watching the YouTube video that you, what was his name that you told us about? My, one of my favorite spiritual workers is Aaron Dottie. He, he his videos little, are really good. Yes, I right. hadn't even heard about him either. Mm-hmm. Like, He's like it's one crazy. of my go-to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was packing last night for my trip and I was watching his YouTube videos. And it was interesting because... So I was I learned about love attachment styles, right? right. And it was interesting to learn that depending... Whatever like 
different my, two of my I'm gonna give an example example of both of my ex boyfriends. I felt different with each one. Like with one, I felt like I was the anxious part, and the other one, I felt like it was the what was it of uh, avoidant avoidant. So he talks about there's like all kinds of attachment styles, but the main three are like an- anxious, anxious, avoidant, and insecure. insecure. Yes. So it was it was funny because with one boyfriend I felt anxious, mm-hmm. the other one I felt avoidant, and now that I'm single and happy, I feel that I'm secure. Mm-hmm. So that it's is interesting. It's, it's interesting how one person can change. You know, mm-hmm. what? How would you say it? Not the way of thinking, but just the way of being. Yeah, the way you of know? being, the way you see things. Like, um, it's crazy. So, I don't know. What, learning about it just, in a way, it brought me back, like, memories. Because I was like, oh, man. Like, with my first boyfriend, where I, I was with him for seven years, and I've talked about him in the previous episodes, where it was, at towards the end, it was a really toxic relationship. So, it brought me back, like, memories where I was like, okay, I can see why I was feeling anxious, you know, or mm-hmm. why I was feeling that way or the stuff that he did or, you know, whatever. So it, it brought me back a little bit of memories, but it feels good to learn about it. Did you um, relate to any of that with, about with your childhood? Because um, like the, I watched the video too and I said mm-hmm. a lot to with. So let's talk about what the, what the styles are. So that yeah. way we can kind of get, give some context. So before anything, like... Um, I kind of had like a little bit of like self-reflection this week as far as like um, as you're when you're just like I said the last episode, sometimes like thinking about your mental health is exhausting. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I don't want to live my life thinking about it because I still have to live my life. Mm -hmm. But I do have to like I think I've realized that I need to schedule time to like reflect because especially (laughs) we're going to get into it. But I know that I'm more of like an avoidant type of attachment. So I have to be very like intentional and conscious about like scheduling time to reflect. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but the number one thing that I realized this week is I think it's important to anytime that you're dealing with anything related to mental health and healing, understand that you have to program your mind that you're going to have to forgive yourself first and anything it is that you're going to heal from. Like you already have to know that you're going to, if you're going to be touching into like deeper wounds and healing and you know what I mean? Like going into your past. Right. Sometimes that comes with like a lot of like guilt, shame, like blame, blame. And you have to like program yourself to like understand like, okay, why I know I'm working on myself, but growth requires growth is, can be a little painful sometimes, right? you know, because you're going into topics that you have avoided for so long. Right. Essentially. Right. Right. So I wanted to just say that because I feel like a lot of people, I'm actually very concerned that I asked a lot on my Instagram that like, I always ask people like a mental check-in and how many people are like, are not doing good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it like, it feels like I even feel like overwhelmed right now. Like just even like thinking about it. Yes. Because it's like, wow. Like people actually really are not mentally well, you know? Or at least I don't feel like they are. And so it's like, well, where do you even start? Like, where do you start with your mental health? And for me, it's like, okay, because I'm avoidant, I can suppress it and just like understand that that's not everything that you are, you know, but it's important to understand that you are going to go through like different emotions, program your mind to understand you're going to have to forgive yourself first. So you're going to really have to work on self-forgiveness. 
So yes, that's kind of what we want to, I wanted to put that out there. It's like, um, I don't think that really is said out there. I don't hear a lot of people talking about like, Hey, before you start your journey or as you're continuing on like your mental health journey, you're going to go through like feel feelings that you don't want to feel and that you've been suppressing. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you understand, like, you're going to have to like focus on forgiving yourself. Otherwise you're not, you're going to get stuck there and you're going to be depressive because now you have this self-realization about yourself and you can't, now you're attached to that idea of yourself essentially. Right. right? Can we discuss or explain the three different ones? Mm Mm-hmm. Can can you do that? Because I know you're more um, aware. I've been, I've been, yeah, well, I've been, been just doing the work on it a little bit longer, right? But yeah, like explain to listeners, like if they don't, if they have, they don't know. There's three main ones, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, why do we even want to work on it? Why is attachments important? Let's kind of start there, right? I think atta- working on attachments, like I said, I essentially associate it with mental health. But essentially anything that you're attached to, it relates to some type of suffering for you. Like a childhood or like it's just it's suffering. Like when you attach yourself to something rather than just like connecting to it, there's a difference there. Like connecting is just more like an appreciation of like the connection of the moment and attachment. It's like now you're putting all your eggs. It's like putting all your eggs in one basket to this like outcome that you're attaching yourself into or the person or whatever it is that you're attaching. Typically it's like you can attach yourself to like an idea, maybe like belief systems. That's a very common one because kind of like we all have our own belief systems that we have attached to from our families, like from parents, religious. generational. Yes. Cultural. Religious, right. Right. And then um, relationships will be a very common one that to, mostly today we may talk about, or I think one that people don't really or that may be affecting a lot of people right now, especially with social media, is like attaching yourself to the idea of where your life should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That w- I think that's why I, I started working on attachments mostly. It wasn't about relationships or anything for me. It was like kind of having like that realization, like I'm attaching myself to who I, where I think I should be in life. And that kind of created like some, unhappiness mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and so I had to kind of like start working through that and then start like unlearning some things that or ideas that you have in your mind about the way your life should be You're especially like especially as you I mean I feel like everybody goes through it when you turn 30 it's like you question your life a little bit right as I'm like is am I happy where I'm at or I feel like I've I've been comfortable for a few years now what and right. you know me I'm always like thinking about What's next? What's next? Like I get bored easily. So that's kind of why I started thinking about attachments. And also um, when it comes to family, like attaching yourself to a person, right? Or like when you get disappointed, somebody disappoints you in life. And if you have like a hard time dealing with it or a hard time letting go, maybe it's like an attachment issue. Um it happens a lot with like breakups or even like marriages. Like sometimes people idolize the idea of what it could be or, or should be or what it was rather than what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So you stay longer than you should. That was me right. mm-hmm. with my anxious relationship. So what did yeah. you, so talk about the anxious one since you said 
that you feel like you've kind of realized that you were anxious at some point in your relationship? Well, I'm going to blame it on him because <laughs> <laughs> it was all his fault. So um, the, the, so I'm perfect. Did we say the top three? Just yeah, yeah. Let, let's, ex- let's, can we define the, the, the three top? difference and then I'll, I'll talk about mine. Okay. So that was the reason why I think it's important to even right. consider um, researching more on attachments. So there's anxious, avoidant, and secure. Right? Secured. Yes. Secured. Those, those are like the main three that I saw. I think there's a few other ones, but like those are the top three. Yeah, those are the top three. Then you can go on and add like, right. you know, dismissive. Um, um, I think I, I was listening to one on the way over here, like a dismissive avoidant one. So you can go on forever talking about different combinations of attachments. But these are like the main three right. ones. Right. Yes. So, so from, from go what ahead. I got from... Um, I mean, because from the homework that I did, anxious, you're worried about your relationship, you're insecure, you seek reassurance and affection, you find yourself in toxic relationships. I just wrote some couple notes for each one. Avoidant, you get getting close to someone, freaks you out, you lose interest easily, you push people away. Um, secure, you want your space. You want your space. Mm-hmm. Secure, you're most comfortable opening up getting close to people. You're also carrying your own positive view of self. You're independent, positive view of others. Yes, that's kind of, that's a good, I like the notes that you made there because that's kind of gives you like a generalization of it. But of course, you know, we'll talk a little bit about about how that shows up and what that means. And, you know, learning about attachments, I've learned that it kind of goes all the way down to your childhood. Right. Like you establish your attachment style most of the time as a child. Actually, it, it does begin. As a child, right? Mm-hmm. How you're like about it. your dependency on your parents or your relationship with your parents, yeah, has a lot to do with it. So, so to answer your question about my re- past relationship, I don't know. I was thinking about it last night. I don't know how to bring that up with my childhood because my parents, my parents never separated. They were really good parents. Um, the only thing that I could think of was, and I think I've mentioned this before in one of the ep- earlier episodes, was how my mom was very, like, in a way, control. Like, ju- she was just, like, to control. Control, like, us and not... And a, and a lot of the way, it, would, it made me an insecure person, right? So, back to the relationship. Anxious, and I'm blaming it on him, because... <laughs> He just wasn't a good boyfriend. Like, I am 99% sure he was cheating. I never caught him, but I'm not stupid, right? Um, It was just, like, the way of him being of, oh, I couldn't even, like, hold his phone because he was just, ahí nomás viendo, like, what I was doing with his phone. Like, why why, why do you have to do that with your girlfriend, right? So little things like that that he would do that would make me think, oh, he's cheating, or, oh, what is he doing? It made me feel insecure about myself. So anxious because it's like the more he would do, the more I wanted him. The more I wanted him to love me. Like the more that I wanted to marry him, the more I would think and picture our future together, right? I was in my 20s. I was an idiot. I guess you could say that. But um, I don't know. Like I was, a, it was just a very toxic relationship towards the last years so 
if he was different, maybe it wouldn't be anxious. But I think it was more of his way of being towards me of his little ways. You know, like he would go check his mail and he would be out there for like 10 minutes checking his mail. But in reality, what was he doing? Messaging girls or calling or whatever he was doing. So little things like that where it would just it just made me a very anxious person to where I remember one time. And I, I laugh about it now because I'm like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I actually did that. But I remember one time it was a weekend and we were supposed to hang out. Al último no hicimos nada. So I was like, OK, so what are you going to do? And he was just like, oh, well, my cousins are here. We're just going to chill, drink at the house, whatever. Right. I was like, OK, cool. I didn't hear from him anymore. But I, there was something, something about it that it no me dejaba tranquila. Right. So what do I do? I go to his house. <laughs> I was at Psycho bitch that at two in the morning I was driving to his house because it was something like I just had that feeling right your in uh, intuition so I drove to his house tell me why we were pulling up to his house together oh yeah you told me that story so like little things like that well, he made me crazy like he legit made me a crazy person they do so one thing I've learned about attachments is that you can never put the blame on somebody else because you still have a control of your reaction no yeah no you know see I mean? would i do that now so no it was an experience for you and like you said it just added to your anxious style right. but a secured style at the time would have communicated that yeah and re and created boundaries at that point well you, you know, know what, I mean? what was the funny part is that i would try and communicate with him mm -hmm. and he would call me crazy mm -hmm. he would just he would make it seem that i'm just like overreacting he was gaslighting you. And I was crazy. Like, I didn't do that. You're just crazy. Like, I see. Mm. So that's where it just made me like, holy, like, am I really crazy? Or like, am I thinking? Am I, what am I doing? You know? So that was my first boyfriend. And then my second boyfriend where I thought, where I think I was an avoidant was because I pushed him away. Mm. He was a really good guy. Like he, I think, um, I haven't talked to him since we broke up, but he would be a guy that any, any woman would want. It, he was, you know, supportive. He was cariñoso, like atento. Like he was a really good guy. And he was cute because you know him. Yeah. Like every anything in my checklist, he majority of it, he checked off. Mm -hmm. Pero just something about it where it just wasn't our time, I guess you could say. Like my, I wanted to focus on other things, which was school. Um, but I pushed him away. Literally pushed him away. Maybe you hadn't healed. Maybe. Or maybe that little bit of from the previous relationship was still there, like the anxious and like. I think it could be a little bit. I mean, I think uh, you were just ready for like a change in, my in your life. life. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't fit that mold, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. I personally think that anybody that got together at, an, at a young age had either anxious or avoidant. Probably mo more than likely, especially if you're going back to like your teen years and everything, you mm -hmm. probably started at an anxious attachment because you cannot prove me wrong i mean i am one of those people that got together at, an, at a young age and at that age you do not know shit other mm -hmm. than like you want to have a partner to like fill whatever void you right. have at that moment mm -hmm. and it's especially with it's not really talked about that often but with like first generation most of the time you have a huge like anxious avoidant like attachment because your parents did not know any emotional, didn't have emotional intelligence, you know, mm -hmm. everything was like, um, basically, especially being an older child, I was an older child. So it's like, 
that's how I realized that I was an avoidant style because as the oldest child, you have a lot of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of talked a, a little bit about how like my parents expected, perf- well, my mom expected like perfection for me, like for school and everything. So that creates avoidance. You start avoiding like the things that kind of don't serve you emotionally, mm-hmm. you know? And so you just kind of like put them to the side because it's like, I have to get stuff done and I have to avoid anything that creates like kind of gets in the way of that, you know? Right. So like my dad pushed my sister and I with school. Like my dad was, my parents were huge more my dad about school. Why didn't you have uh, A's or why did you have an 88 and not an A? Why you could have done better and you could have done this, but I don't think it really like got to me, you know, or Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, you know, a, a fun statistic about avoidance um, that I was reading about is that, well, first of all, most secured people are already taken. Like there are in relationships. And I actually feel like I've transitioned a lot into, I kind of go back and forth between avoidance and secured. That's just who I am as a person. I accept that. But uh, apparently like most people that, especially around our age that are already uh, the most secured attachments are already in relationships because they're able to like work through through life and through your problems and through mm. essentially growing together and um to become a secured happy relationship you know mm-hmm. and apparently like 50 percent of the people that are 29 and older and are single are avoidant right now mm. like, like that's kind of the statistic yeah because they're pushing away people because of like it doesn't fit their idea, that we know, that we know their attachment to what the idea of life that it should that be. makes sense, or like a love, or what it should. You know what I mean? Like so, you're holding a lot of like you see it a lot of men. You know, um, they're holding on to this idea of what a woman should be. You know, like in a relationship, and they they can't find it out there because they're not okay with like women having their own dating life, and you know what I mean? Like there's right. there's different. I mean, that's kind of a whole nother topic, but, um, I can definitely see that when I think of an avoided person, I think mostly of a man Mm -hmm. because they're not open to talking about most men don't wear their heart on their sleeve and talk about, um, everything they're suppressing as, you know, especially Latino men, like as their children, you know, when they're children to them, it's like, you got to toughen up. You can't cry when you're young. Yeah. Guys out there, if y'all are listening and y'all are secured, just start a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, get the word out to all these men, especially Latino men, to speak up about their emotions. That we don't have that issue. Right. <laughs> I don't even... Is there even any secured people out there at, at this point? Um, it's funny because, the, like, I was listening to one of the YouTubes and he's saying, like, more than likely, if, if you're a secured person, you're probably not listening to this to this video right now. Because, it. <laughs> because you don't even bother to, like, think about what is, like, your self-development because you just kind of are happy where you're at. Maybe once we're you know? 40. Maybe when you're 40. Maybe we, maybe the, we need to go make some 40 well, year yeah, apparently men mature like a lot older. So now that I think about it, I think I'm both avoidant and secure. I'm I'm both for sure. Like I I am the type of person and you know what I mean by I accept it, it's like I'm grateful for it as some to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like there's 
there's areas in my life where for me, if I can't control the outcome, I can't control the situation, I can't control them, then I'm going to be avoidant in my emotion toward you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to feel anything. Like, I don't want to deal with it. And that's creates happiness for me. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't, I don't want to walk around wearing my heart on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. I just don't like that doesn't, it just creates like a lot of anxiety for me when I think about having to like that vulnerability part. Mm. But um, I think avoidance is like the most common one because especially in our generation, just because we're dealing with a lot of people that are not even open to like healing themselves. And they think that it's like a lot of fixed mindset. So they think like how I am right now is the, the right way to be. So I don't need to go to counseling. I don't need to go to therapy. And apparently therapy really is really good for avoiding people. Like it really helps them mm -hmm. like um, kind of process through all the way down to your childhood, like what created the avoidancy for you, which and and a good indicator of that, like people that are avoided is like if you kind of have like if you don't know how to like settle down with somebody and you just kind of like date all kinds of people. And you, but you don't know how to commit to a person that that's kind of like a signal of avoidancy. So of course, you know, once you're older, commitment issues, commitment issues and trust issues too. Like you're, um, kind of set a bit like a, how to have like a guard up as far as like, I can't let my guard down and show my vulnerability. So that's mm -hmm. like very avoidant. And honestly, the, the best way to deal with like avoiding people being an avoiding person myself, it's like, give them space, you know? Like, give me space to process my thoughts mm -hmm. because in that moment you can't like process them correctly. Like the and way I'm, you want and them gonna to. I'm going to say something that you're not going to like. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, oh, I thought you were oh, talking no. to me. No, no. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to go based off emotion rather yeah. than logic, you know? Oh, okay. And so it's like, I just need some you're space. You're like, go ahead. I'm like, girl, no. I'm <laughs> So, um, but how you become more secured, uh, a person, like, how do you transition from like avoidant and secured? It's like, once you, once the avoidant person starts feeling safe with another person, like safe to express yourself, safe to open up, open up. Be and vulnerable. so it has a lot, it does have a lot to do with like communication, you know, and the other person being receptive to it. And it sucks that like you say about communication, which is true, but it sucks because men don't, most men don't know how to communicate. Yes, so, they don't. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm -hmm. It's like you have to teach them. Well, in my experience um, with my husband, you have to, as a woman, you have to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have to push them a little bit and ask the right questions. And um, there's a problem if they're not willing to communicate, but they're they're willing if you ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. You know, now, if they're just completely like dismissing your questions and not wanting to deal with you, that is an extreme avoidance right there. Like to where they don't, they don't want to deal with the situation. Most men do. They just don't know how to like communicate it, be the like initiators. So a we lot of the to. times, unfortunately it does fall on the women because we're more like emotional and more aware of our emotions mm -hmm. than kind of like asking the right questions for them. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel that, um, for sure. When I was younger, when, when I was 18, when I had my first boyfriend, I was, I had an anxious style. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, we grew up, you know, well, at least I did. I grew up like not feeling like that I was receiving the love that I was supposed to give 
get as a child. Mm-hmm. And being a middle child, that's what a lot of us feel. I was going to say, I think a lot of middle children deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that's, like you said, all the young, all the young couples started. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we do what we do. Like, we turn 18 or, like, we move out and, like, we want to fill that void that we weren't getting at home. So I think, like, when I was going back, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I had an anxious attachment style due to my childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So I can connect that for sure. Right. And a lot of times also what I kind of read is that when you are an anxious person, you almost like have somebody else on a pedestal. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're the one that matter. Their opinion is is the best opinion. Like and you kind of like put yourself second next to like the other person. Because, because you kind of feel like they saved you. Maybe. I never thought of it like that, but yes. And I hate to use this term because I don't mean to say it right now. If you are that person, you know, I don't mean to like put you down, but like let's, an example would be like a pick me person. Like, you know how like that term has been like used a lot right now, like a pick me girl or whatever. It's like, if you feel like you have to constantly do things for approval, you know what I mean? Like for a man's approval, for other people's approval, that is a very anxious attachment style because you you need like that validation from others to feel fulfilled, you know, instead of fulfilling yourself. Um, so that I associate that a lot with like anxious style too. It's like needing other people's validation a lot. And obviously when it comes to a relationship, needing a guy's validation to fulfill you the avoidant what did you say earlier about the avoidant uh, but um, some relationships there can be avoidant because they want to listen to what the society says you're supposed to do right did you say that um avoidance most of the time will be like the type of people that are like very independent mm-hmm. i don't need anybody type of my life mindset um kind of like don't have commitment issues yeah. they don't want to commit to a relationship um don't want to feel uncomfortable talking about feelings in general. Do yeah. you know what that has to do with your childhood? It does. So, oh, I learned. I'm going to respond. I'm going to answer myself. Mm-hmm. I learned that when you're when you're feeling that way, it's because like a, what a parent was not really like in was missing. It, it was missing in your life. Is that true? So with avoidant with the, like the avoidant mindset or attachment, then most of the time. Um, you might've had like more like of an inconsistency within Mm -hmm. your childhood as in like you had attention, but then there was moments you didn't, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then also has a lot to do with disappointment as a child. Like maybe you couldn't count on, there was a disappointment with a, with one of your parents, maybe your parents divorced together. Yeah. A lot of divorced parents, like, um, if you have like a divorced parent, you might have a lot of like avoidance issues. You see, but so now that I, I heard what you were saying earlier and I feel that I, I, in a way I'm avoidant, but I don't, I didn't have that childhood. Mm-hmm. So I wonder why I'm a, now I'm going to do more research. Yeah. About I it. mean, th- hopefully this prompts you to further look into like it. why if mm-hmm. my parents, you know, were always there. So I think the important thing to, fo- to, to realize is that you can transition. The goal mm-hmm. is to transition to a secured style, right. mm-hmm. but you can't get there without acknowledging where you're at right now, where you have been and why it started from your childhood. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so y- you do have to do like some child 
childhood healing to understand that concept as in like, okay, like you said, uh, I personally feel like a lot of people that might've gotten together at a young age, you were not a secure attachment. Let me tell you that much for sure. So you were either uh, more than likely you were uh, like, there was like anxious Mm -hmm. attachment there because you were anxious to get out of your house. You were anxious to just have somebody to love you. You know, at that, at that time you were so young. So it, nothing else mattered, but being in a relationship at that point, you know, Mm -hmm. and most of the time I associate a lot with like first gen because most of the time you'd kind of do want to get out out of like the household you're in, not because it's a bad environment, but because it's kind of an older mindset and you're kind of developing into like an adult, an adult. And you just kind of want more freedom. And so sometimes that, that has a lot to do with it too. Mm -hmm. And you subconsciously didn't even know that at the time. But that's kind of what happened a lot of the times. Oh, yeah. You attach yourself to one person and it's like, this is my way out. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the avoidant thing, um, do you think there's like d- different relationships? You can have different attachment styles. Yeah. Yes, right? that's I think that, because that does happen. I feel like with my first long term relationship, it was anxious attachment st- style. And then with my second one, um, I feel like it was more like avoidant. Mm hmm. Kind of like, okay, what's what, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. And then we would like not speak about our feelings. Like I kind of like saw myself like my, like, I don't know, like the story repeating again, just because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember like avoiding, well, I would always avoid like speaking about what was going on or feelings. So you can have different. Attachment styles. Yes, you can. So you can transition from like anxious to like avoidant or you can be a combination of both. Yes. There's a lot of people that are are a combination of both. Yeah. like, And I think it just shows it, especially when you are with somebody for so long, you transition through different phases of your life, depending on what you're going through at that moment together or individually even. Right. You know, so you can. But, um, like I said, most of the, most people at around our age are already considered secured, um, or most secured people are already in relationships. So a lot, unfortunately, a lot of the people that are still single these days in our age range are considered avoidant. So there's a lot of commitment issues going on. And, and, and again, it, it's a lot of inner healing that we have to do as people. Just because they're, they could be in relationships since young or, you know, whatever, but they could, they could be also avoidant. So, which brings me, I kind of like went back and forth thinking about whether we should talk about specific, but maybe we can make that a completely different episode. It's like, are you like, are you attached? Or are you in love? Right. Mindset. Right. You know what I mean? Because just because they're together, does that mean they're secure? Yes. Yes. And I was listening to like, I've, I've been trying to kind of do more research about that, but I think for me, the di- differentiator there is for me, the difference because you're attached no matter what. Mm-hmm. We attach to people that we are with regardless, whether it's secured, avoidant, whichever. But there's an attachment, right? But um, I think what kind of, for me, differentiates that, it's like I associate like growth with um, happiness with like progress in your relationship. So if you're stagnant, if you're never spending time together, if you're not growing together, if you're not experiencing things together, you're probably attached just to you're probably more attached than in love because as humans, you want to grow together. You want to grow as a person. You want to, and experience, experience life together and experience, 
um, grow individually and as a couple. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of like there's stagnancy there, um, you're probably more attached than a love, but that can change. I'm not saying end it there. I would never tell somebody that unless you're dealing with something mentally serious. But um, I feel like you can grow from that. Like you can change that. Mm-hmm. You can choose to change that. But that's going to require discomfort within your relationship. You're going to have to push the other person, communicate, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I want to do more of this. Um, tune into who you are as a person. What do you want to do? Where do you like, where is like the best, where do you see like the best version of yourself doing right now? Mm-hmm. Or even like the best couple version of yourselves doing right now. Right. And if it's not where you, what you're doing, then why aren't you pushing for more? You know? I think that's what happened with my last relationship. I started like going into like learning more and mm-hmm. going into like learning about myself. And that's when I had a big realization. And once you start changing, that's when you realize a lot of things that you were blinded. Mm-hmm. And like I said, going back to my, the beginning, it's like you have to start with self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you fall into depression. You fall into n- more like negative, like... um mental like I guess disorders you can say um in life and not and you won't get past that because you didn't give yourself like that like grace and like that That forgiveness yes Mm -hmm. to understand that hey at the time you weren't aware so you have to forgive yourself because you were not aware of what you know now Mm -hmm. you know but and I feel like a lot of people deal with a lot of like guilt shame Mm -hmm. you know and they get stuck there for a long time and they get they stay depressive because they don't know how to forgive themselves. And if that's you, then I would say, I don't know, seek, seek professional help because. Yeah. Or, or I hope this was somewhat of a realization for you, even as, yeah. as to like, Oh, I don't have to stay there. You know, I can change that. Right. It takes time and it's not easy to go through your old self and want to change. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I'm, I'm sure it is. Like it's, easier said than done always always say that it's like no matter what um you will never you will never understand what a person goes through you can try to understand it but it's like you weren't the one feeling it and even if so it wasn't yes sorry even if you like went through something similar it's still not the same Mm -hmm. because every person feels differently right Mm -hmm. yep so how do you know that and and i don't just want to talk about like relationship attachments but attachments to anything like friendships a friendships to family like i said the outcome of situations like so many people beat themselves up about i'm i'm one of those people as far as the outcome like i'm very hard on myself so like you ex- have expectations mm. and when you don't meet your own expectations it's well first of all it was an attachment to the outcome right then you're hard on yourself and that's kind of like, that's why I'm working through, I've been working on through attachments. It's kind of learning how to let go of that and just. How it's okay. To, okay. Move on. Right? Next thing. You know, like I'll I didn't give it my best. That's fine. Forgive yourself and move on. Right. But don't get stuck there into that. It all comes back to your childhood mm-hmm. of how you are the oldest. You're expected to be the best of the best. That's, that's what it. I said. <laughs> childhood traumas, people. <laughs> No. And, and you know what? I think I even struggled for a long time, even acknowledging that was a trauma. Cause I was like, I've had a good life. Like what kind of trauma have you had? You know, like, 
I, I, my parents were great with me. Mm-hmm. Like I had a good childhood. I have a lovable dad to this day. So, but there's different kind of trauma. That's what I'm saying. That way. It was hard to accept like that. It was yeah. even trauma because it's like, you kind of compare and you're like, other people have it worse. Like that was nothing. So you dismiss a lot of your own feelings. Right. Suppressed because you're like, it's not worthy of the name trauma. Right. I need to do more research. I think the same with, with you about though, it, Myra. Like you said that you grew up with like a loving family, parents, you know, yeah. they give you everything. But there, there is like some things that did bother you. But, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've uh, said it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's your childhood trauma. I think a lot of people don't think because you were, if you know, if you you only have childhood traumas because your parents didn't love you enough or, you know, they no. weren't there for you. Like there's all kinds. Mm-hmm. And so one thing to clearly understand is that attachments essentially is... All it is, is what you give meaning to. And that's a choice. You you choose to give something, a person, an outcome, a thing, the meaning. Without the meaning that you give, it, it's not an attachment. It means nothing, right? So you can, unlearn, you can undo that. You can transition to secure attachment. You can't let go of, of like attachments. And when you, and I feel like that's the goal, right? I think no matter what, as humans, we're always going to attach to something and mm-hmm. have to work through it and unpack it and learn it. But um, I think when you're like aware of the idea of attachments, then you're it's easier to let go of things. Right. And not carry them so long and not let them be like a detriment to like your your growth. Yeah. Is it weird that I couldn't even tell you what I am attached to right now? Because... N- I, I mean, it's going to take a lot of self-reflection, self-awareness. So example, like kind of what you were talking about last week um, on the last episode. Well, one thing, let me let me say is that if you're not in a relationship or not even have any current prospects right now, you don't know your attachment style right now because you don't have a relationship to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's you don't really you can't really determine what your attachment relationship style is. But for example, like if you're struggling to even have time alone figuring out where your life is at. Maybe you have an attachment to the idea that you should always be doing mm-hmm. on doing mode, you know? Yeah. And that is something that you, you can probably look further into as to, okay, well, why can't I just be, why can't <laughs> I just relax? Why can't I just enjoy yeah. let your feminine energy out? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's good. Cause that's all <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was listening. I was like, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I just don't see something that I'm super attached to, but mm-hmm. now it makes sense. Yeah. I'm one of those. So I associate it with like, also like hustle culture. Like I feel like sometimes I feel like that internet pushes that so much, like social media, like you should be doing something. You should be productive. You should be. And I'm not saying don't be, I think there's times in your life that are going to require that out of you at the end of the day. If you want to reach a certain level of success, it is going to require for you to do a little bit more than what you're doing Work. now. Right. But it's also important to rest. Rest is part of that. It's having fun, like having mm-hmm. a balance of all of that. And only you can kind of determine that what it is for you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know I need to do more work within myself. I mean, we all do. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why people are listening right now. Yep. I agree. <laughs> but um, one good way to determine when you're attached to something is that you're, you create resistance within yourself. So that's one thing I wanted to say is that if you learn how to tune into your intuition, you have all the answers within you. Like, you know, when you're creating resistance, you're no longer just connecting 
or letting it like happen, you are kind of creating that um, because you're attached to like the idea of something you're now creating resistance towards anything that is not towards that path. You know what I mean? So you, that's how you can block people subconsciously, like block things, block people out of your life and close yourself up because you're resisting anything that is not on your attachment to the current outcome that you have in your mind. Well, I did. Or even relationships like you create, like as an avoidant person, I know that I can create resistance, not being vulnerable sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so for years, all my, my only focus was school, finish school. Mm -hmm. Right. So I closed myself into dating, into having boyfriends, into you know, just putting myself out there to meeting me, even meeting new men, like even talking to them. Why? Because I didn't want that distraction of my school. So, so that's an attachment to thinking that the only way to get it done is by having close myself by closing yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah. When there's people out there that do it with babies, with families, with husband. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's mm-hmm. just your mindset, your perspective and the idea of where you're attached, like how you associate the attachment. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It is crazy. I think for me personally, um, like I, said, I, I do think I'm more of a secured. It, I mean, I've been in such a long relationship by this by this point that I feel like you I've worked through a to a secured relationship, but um, but I see how the my avoidance shows up in other areas of my life sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, avoiding things that I don't want to deal with sometimes. Because if it's like emotionally going to like cause discomfort for me as in like pain, mostly pain that I just kind of avoid it. Like funerals. Oh, those are so uncomfortable for me. Like yeah, what? The what? Funerals. Funerals. I'm already used to them. Yes. And, yeah. and in some cases I am accepting of it and I don't, re- I, I accept that I have to be avoidant mm-hmm. to not feel there's when I can't control the situation or the people or the, you know, whatever it is, I am okay with being avoidant because I don't need to be feeling it every day and keeping that from doing other things. Does that make sense? So you kind of have to learn. I'm all about self-acceptance. So I'm always going to be the person that tells you like, it's okay to feel those negative things, but learn how to like channel it and kind of navigate it into, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in your life and not let it like be your personality, like overcome you completely. Right. Mm hmm. But it's interesting, right? Yeah. Like no, just kind of learning from Mental it. Mental health is like it has so much to it. A lot of times you still you may be like a professional with mental health, but you still learn. Oh yeah. There's oh, yeah. so much to learn about it. The idea as as a human, like you should always be in a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you never know everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always something to learn. Stay in learning mode. Same with relationships. I think I made a post about this last week. How the idea is not perfection. It's like no, I want to, I don't want this to be the best it's ever going to be. Like, I want to keep growing mm-hmm. together and right. I want to keep learning about my husband and him right. learning from me forever for to the rest make, of our lives. To make yes. each other better. Yes. Like stagnancy for me, is just like, I can't, I can't deal with that. Like it makes me unhappy mm-hmm. in life. Como dicen, what I say, uh, never stop dating your husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never been married, so I don't know, but I've heard people saying that. It's actually true. And you actually have to be intentional about it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's, I feel like we can kind of talk about, I would want to eventually talk more about 
are you in love or are you attached? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that deserves its own, like, whole episode because I think a lot of people need to understand that. But also understand that you can you can grow into, if you feel like you're just kind of stagnant and attached, you can grow it back into being in love if there's, like, a foundation there. Mm-hmm. And being secure. And being secured. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you learned something new today. This was just kind of the beginning on attachments. There's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, attachments is life, essentially. Right. But understand that the more you're attached rather than connected, you're going to suffer more because you have expectations about people. Mm-hmm. You have like expectation of where your life should be. I feel like a lot of people deal with that. Um, and we need we need to like unlearn that and let it go so that you can just allow your manifestations to happen and um, allow yourself to, to just be mm-hmm. right. But anyway, cheers. Cheers. That was a lot. Yeah. That was that. I feel like I can talk about attachments forever, but <laughs> we'll end it here. Today, it's it's it a was... lot of information. So we'll keep talking about it another yeah. time. I'll but, keep learning. You mm-hmm. want to do the, the full moon, uh, tonight's full moon tonight right? uh-huh. or today tonight. Yeah. Right. It's tonight. Well, the whole day. Yeah. The whole day kind of started. Yeah. The one I found, uh, full moon, I release fear, I release pain, I release doubt, I am free, I am empowered, I am magnificent, and I trust my soul's plan. So full moon rituals. So I think for me, it's just I let go of all attachments. Actually, my favorite, one of my favorite phrases right now is connected to everything, attached to nothing. Mm-hmm. Like mantra. Mm-hmm. It's like, and that really does help. Because it's like a constant reminder, like, don't get attached, don't get attached, don't get attached, you know, just let it be. Something you want to release? You're supposed to like, I don't know. Say something? (laughs) No? Nothing? Release? Yeah, kind of like in a full moon, like information. I'm the worst about full moon stuff. No, but I haven't like really. Never mind the full moon. What do you want to release? Me having to feel the need of having to stay busy. Good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Awesome. Allow, releasing anything that it's in the way of your feminine energy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So anyway, guys, I know that was kind of a lot of information. We, if you want us to keep talking, if like this piqued your interest on attachments, let us know. Because we can keep talking about it, maybe kind of. Like I said, maybe do more like specific areas of attachment, right. but I just kind of wanted everybody to at least know a little bit about why you should focus on knowing your attachment style and how letting go of, of attachments in your life will help you create happiness and for your mental health. But I hope you love this episode. This is the last episode for... I can never just say it. Mental health, mental awareness. health awareness month of May, and um, if you will head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. <laughs> leave us a review, and yeah, we would appreciate that. We'll we- see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.